0: It moved, I said, jumping back from the bank of monitors in the observation room. I knew immediately that I would get grief for my reaction. Well, 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 Richard said as he pushed back from the monitors, swiveling his chair around to look at me. For a big guy, you're kind of jumpy, aren't you, Wilson? I heard Barrett, my new boss, <laughs> chuckle from her spot on the corner of the small, electronics-filled room. I'm not jumpy, I said, defensively. I just, just... What the hell is that thing anyway? What's it look like? Pritchard asked, turning back to the bank of monitors. The figure on the screen, as seen from different angles, was small and covered with a large white sheet. It looks like a damn kid in a cheap ghost costume, I said, although I couldn't see any of its features thanks to the sheet. That's what it looks like, Pritchard said, his tone turning serious. But it's definitely not a kid. Whatever else it is, it's not a kid. Best you remember that. What did you do to get sent down here? Barrett said from the corner. I turned toward her, trying to think of a lie. Nothing, I said. Just had a disagreement with my last CO. It was blown all out of proportion. I heard you punched him, Barrett said, stepping out of the shadows to stare at me. I said nothing. Of course, she already knew. Listen, Barrett said. They clearly didn't tell you anything before sending you down here. The foundation never tells us grunts anything. Situation nominal. But let me tell you this. You do what you're told when you're told to do it. You won't like this post. None of us do. But you better adapt. Because if you don't, you'll end up on a detail ten times worse than this one. If you don't end up dead. Yes, ma'am. I said. The room fell silent for a few minutes. The tension dissipating as time ticked by. Finally, I risked a question. So... What's the goal here? Keep SCP-6096 locked up in that room? That creepy thing comes and goes as it pleases, Pritchard said, still staring at the monitors. The thing hadn't moved again, yet. So what are we here for? To facilitate its movement and make sure it comes back here instead of roaming around in the world when it's done. Done with what? You'll see. And that was my introduction to my new post as the newest member of Mobile Task Force Zeta-29, otherwise known as the Blood Brothers. Things didn't get really bad until two days later, when alarm bells woke me from my two-hour shift nap. What's happening? I asked, hurrying into the monitoring room. I had just finished strapping my vest over my uniform and making sure all the tools and weapons on my belt were accounted for. Time to move, Barrett said, shouldering past me. I looked at the bank of monitors. The thing was gone. I followed after Barrett and met Pritchard at the elevator. The three of us stepped in and began the long ride up to the surface. So what's happening? I asked. You got your radio in? Barrett asked, looking at my left ear. My earpiece was in. Good, just listen and do what you're told, no matter what. We stepped out of the elevator into a large garage. Pritchard got behind the wheel of a waiting SUV while Barrett sat shotgun and I got in the back. We zoomed out of the facility, blowing through multiple checkpoints on our way out, the guards waving us through. We made a sharp ride onto a street with fields on either side, foundation property. As soon as we turned the corner, SCP-6096 came into view, walking down the road ahead of us, the fringes of the white sheet dragging on the ground. As soon as I laid eyes on it, images of a young woman invaded my mind. Somehow, I knew her name, where she currently was, and that I had no choice but to help SCP-6096 locate her. What the hell? I said, as Pritchard slowed the SUV down. Barrett turned in her seat. Karen Murphy Gillen, she said, age 16. Current location? A bowling alley on 3rd and Oak. Huh, what? I mumbled. This was too much. This thing was putting thoughts in our heads. This is the job, Wilson, Barrett said. Keep it together. Now, let it in. What? I said realizing that we just pulled up beside SCP-6096. Let it in the damn car, Richard said, and let's get this over with. I reached over and opened the door. The figure in the white sheet climbed up into the SUV and shut the door. It took 15 minutes to get to the bowling alley. I never took my eyes off the thing sharing the back seat with me. It just sat there, waiting patiently. There was another team in place when we got to the bowling alley. They had a perimeter set up, keeping onlookers back. As we pulled up, a couple of MTF Zeta-29 members brought over Karen Murphy-Gillen. The girl looked like she'd been drugged. She couldn't even stand up on her own. One of the guys opened my door. New guy, you take her, hold her down. Before I could object, I found myself stepping out of the SUV, taking hold of the teenage girl, and then lifting her into the back seat where SCP-6096 was waiting patiently. I got in next to her. One of the other team members shut the door behind me. I looked up front and realized that both Pritchard and Barrett were no longer in the vehicle. The doors were closed. Karen twitched and made a pained noise, bringing my attention back to her. SCP-6096 had her legs covered with the white sheet. I couldn't tell what was happening under there, but the sound was terrible. It was like nothing I've ever heard before karen soon started screaming in earnest the pain she was experiencing was far more powerful than whatever tranquilizers she'd been dosed with she looked up at me and screamed and cried as i held her down she asked me for help more times than i could count and she cried for her mommy and daddy still i held her down as scp-6096 worked its way up her body so that the last thing to disappear under the sheet was her still screaming head when it was over i brought my foundation issue sidearm up and pointed it at the thing still sitting on the seat next to me. I had a round chamber and I took the safety off. I put my finger on the trigger with every intention of putting a bullet in whatever was hiding under that damn sheet, but I couldn't. It wouldn't let me, it wouldn't let anyone. Put the gun away, Barrett said as she sat down in the front passenger seat again. It's of no use. What the hell just happened? I asked when Pritchard was back in the SUV and we were headed back to the foundation. I said you wouldn't like the job. Barrett said, but you won't be the new guy forever. New guy always has to hold them down. So just pray we get a new transfer soon. I turned my head to look at the figure in the white sheet. Somehow I could tell that whatever was under that sheet was staring at me and it was smiling. SCP-6096 is an entity, presumably humanoid in shape, the body of which is perpetually concealed underneath a large cotton sheet. Due to the presence of this sheet, a full physical description of SCP-6096 is not possible. Superficial analysis of the entity, however, indicates that SCP-6096 is 1.55 meters tall and weighs approximately 48 kilograms. The sheet covering SCP-6096 is larger than the actual body and typically trails at least a meter behind it when it is mobile. Personnel have been unable to attempt to remove this sheet in order to obtain a more accurate description no living being can consciously take an action which would result in harm coming to SCP-6096. SCP-6096 is usually docile, allowing itself to be led into containment so long as said relocation would not result in harm coming to it. At periodic intervals, however, SCP-6096 will become active and independently mobile, persistently moving at walking speed towards a target. In all observed cases, This target has been a human being selected at random from the population of the planet Earth. Any individual who observes SCP-6096 during an active period will gain an instant awareness of the identity of the current target along with their location. Additionally, they will find themselves compelled to aid SCP-6096 in reaching and securing its target. When SCP-6096 physically reaches the target, it will subsume them underneath its cotton sheet In cases where the victim is conscious, they can be seen and heard struggling against SCP-6096 underneath a sheet for a period ranging from 20 to 40 minutes, after which they will disappear entirely. The cries of distress emitted by these victims suggest that this process is extremely painful. Thanks for listening. To get notified every time a new episode is released, be sure to click the follow or subscribe button and turn on all notifications.